This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, July 10th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, an update from the district attorney. G is for government previews Telluride Town Council. Mountain Village launches Green Building Incentive Program. And a mountain weather forecast. When things get busy in the courts, it's pretty serious business. Seth Ryan, district attorney for Colorado's 7th Judicial District, which encompasses Telluride and stretches from Ure to Delta County, says this upcoming summer we'll see a slate of major cases go to trial. It's a major uh, assault case with a deadly weapon. I uh, have a couple trials myself. I'm doing a stalking case in Ridgeway um, and a double homicide in Delta Uh, At about the same time, we have a homicide in Montrose also going to trial. So sort of a perfect storm for our office where all these major serious cases just got set for trial right at the same time. The majority of court business is more mundane, from traffic violations to misdemeanors. Ryan says courts saw a lull in activity during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now that picture is changing. You can see, though, that misdemeanors have picked up um, in our office above uh, the COVID, pre-COVID levels. The only two areas uh, that have really dropped off since COVID are the level of felonies filed and the level of juvenile cases filed. These fluctuations are not necessarily a result of crime increasing. They also have to do with state laws reclassifying or decriminalizing different behaviors. Ryan spoke last week before the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners with a report on the happenings of the region's judicial branch. He included a local update. The Telluride San Miguel office is an extremely busy office. It is still. It's our third busiest um, courtroom for per FTE after Montrose and Delta. So extremely busy. Uh, well, I guess maybe fourth Montrose, Delta, Gunnison, and then Telluride. FTE is short for full-time equivalent, indicating that Telluride's caseload is keeping its staff quite busy. Attorney Tom LeClaire recently joined the team here in Telluride. He, too, has some major cases. We had a very large drug case that uh, is still being still being resolved somewhat. So that, that takes up a lot of time. We had a uh, attempted murder shooting case um, from a couple of years ago, which is now going to, to court. So, uh, And when we resolve some of those cases, uh, I think it will come back to what looks like a norm. Courts are constantly responding to changes in state law. Over the past few years, Governor Polis has signed a number of bills increasing the use of body cameras by law enforcement. Those changes are beginning to affect the work of courtrooms, where sometimes hours of video footage are now available as evidence. Going to trial, Ryan says, involves handling an enormous amount of information. Since I've been working with this office 16 years, that's always been sort of, I think, as a prosecutor, your biggest fear, do I have everything in this case that I'm supposed to have? Um, And there's only so many hours in the day to review that. Now, technology is making that question even more challenging as it increases the quantity of evidence available. 
Ryan adds his office is looking to add a position to support attorneys handling that glut of data. We're calling it evidence tech slash paralegal. And the idea behind this is we'd have someone looking at those cases when they first come in and going through those cases with a fine tooth comb to make sure we have everything that we're supposed to have. Aside from this potential new position, the Telluride office is nearing full employment and digging into the work, both major and minor, of carrying out justice in our region. Telluride Town Council meets on Tuesday with a state-of-the-town address, land-use code amendments, and hang gliding on the docket. Town Council will begin at 10 a.m. with work sessions discussing potential amendments to the land-use code regarding basement and lot-line vacations. A third work session will discuss potential amendments to Telluride's municipal code when it comes to hang gliding and paragliding regulations. Following lunch, Mayor Pro Tem Mian Fee will provide a State of the Town address. In the afternoon, there will also be an update from the Telluride Tourism Board, updates on a short-term rental study, a ballot measure survey, and a recap on the Telluride Bluegrass Festival and the 4th of July celebrations. Telluride Town Council will convene at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, July 11th. KOTA will broadcast the meeting. It will also be available on Zoom and YouTube Live. If you live in Mountain Village, it just got easier to go green. So the town of Mountain Village has a goal of being carbon neutral by 2050, and currently about 90% of our greenhouse gas emissions are coming from buildings. That's Lauren Kern, Environmental Efficiencies and Grant Coordinator for Mountain Village. So with this program, we really wanted to focus on existing buildings um, and making them fundamentally more efficient. So having an incentive program to help people make energy efficient upgrades to understand what exactly that means, especially for their own property, and then help them um, through financial incentives to make those upgrades. The program, the Build Energy Incentive Program, is a rebate to help home or property owners make upgrades to a building that reduces their greenhouse gas emissions. A prerequisite for the program is that the property owner or resident um, gets an energy audit. So you're required to have an energy audit and then implement at least one recommended action resulting from that audit. So we really wanted it to be um, based on, on building your own building, so having the results and the solutions be building specific. So um, the property owner will contact an energy auditor. They'll set up an energy audit, and then through that, get a report and that report will list out um, the different ways that that building can make improvements or upgrades to the building to become more efficient. So that can be things like upgrading your windows, upgrading your insulation, upgrading your doors. Um, it's a full spectrum of different upgrades. Mountain Village will offer rebates up to $3,000 per year for residential properties and $5,000 per year for commercial properties. The rebate applications will be accepted on a rolling basis. So as soon as you do the energy audit and then complete at least one of those recommended actions, you can apply for a rebate on that particular project. Um, if you wanted to continue and do multiple projects to so say you have five recommended actions, you want to do three of them, you can apply continually as those projects are completed. Kern adds the program is intended to build off already existing rebate programs from local energy companies. So for example, um, San Miguel Power Association, Black Hills Energy, 
they offer um, their own rebates based on being customer. And so we're just trying to kind of promote their rebates as well as fill in the gaps. To apply for the Building Energy Incentive Program, home and building owners can go to townofmountainvillage.com slash building dash energy. The town of Telluride will be restriping the Shandoka and Entrada parking lots this week. Striping will take place on the north side of the lot on Tuesday, July 11th, and the south side of the lot on Thursday, July 13th. Town officials ask drivers to clear their vehicles by 7.30 a.m. each day to avoid being ticketed or towed. To crayfish or not to crayfish? That is the question. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is considering allowing the importation of crayfish into the state, and it's looking for input from the public. Currently, CPW prohibits importing, transporting, or possessing most live crayfish in Colorado. CPW originally put the restrictions in place to protect Colorado's natural aquatic ecosystems and native species. Rusty crayfish has been an invasive concern in Colorado since it was detected in 2009. But recently, CPW has become aware of a significant market for live crayfish, particularly red swamp crayfish, with the majority imported into the state from outside. In response to the demand, CPW is reviewing its crayfish regulations on allowing the importation of red swamp crayfish into Colorado. CPW is accepting public comment on the matter through July 30th. Individuals can provide comment by going to engagecpw.org slash crayfish dash regulations. Colorado has the fifth most expensive child care in the nation, according to a new study. KOTO's Lucas Brady Woods says that's pushing more parents to quit their jobs. The report from the Annie E. Casey Foundation found that the average cost of childcare in Colorado is over $16,000 per year. Some parents, especially women, are quitting their jobs to take care of their kids instead of paying for childcare. This is especially true for Black and Latino parents. State Senator Rhonda Fields is vice chair of the legislature's committee on the child welfare system. If you're having to work and um, provide for your family and you have kids, you need to have a safe environment and place for your kids to be while you're at work. Fields points out child care services aren't available at all in some parts of the state. In those places, people often rely on informal child care like family members. Fields wants lawmakers to look at ways to support those networks, too. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods in Denver. The Colorado River's big agreements are often hammered out behind closed doors by state-level policymakers. California uses more water than any other state, giving it a lot of sway in those negotiations. KUNC's Alex Hager has this profile on the Colorado River's newest and youngest power player. There are not a lot of places where temperatures near the triple digits are considered unseasonably cool. California's Imperial Valley is one of those places. Light breeze, 95, it's pretty nice. Dry, 
J.B. Hamby is enjoying the shade of a sisu tree on the edge of a field. Over his shoulder, sprinklers are ticking away over rows of onions. Every now and then, a tractor rumbles across the broiling asphalt of a nearby road. Hamby says this place is built on the dreams of people trying to make it in a hard scrabble desert. I think it shapes all of us, and I don't think I'm any different. Hamby grew up here, and now at only 27 years old, he's on the board of directors for the Imperial Irrigation District, overseeing a valley that produces about $3 billion in crops and livestock each year. And to do that, it uses more water than any other farm district or city along the Colorado River. The Hamby family has been in this valley since J.B.'s great-grandfather arrived during the Great Depression and dug ditches for the Imperial Irrigation District. Now, he's helping shape the rules that govern the Colorado River. I think every generation has an opportunity to do it better or worse than the prior one. And so my hope, at least, is being one representative of a generation about trying to make things better. Hamby was recently appointed to be California's top river official, putting him at negotiating tables with people generations his senior. Hamby plays his youth close to the chest and says it doesn't hold him back. And colleagues agree. Tina Shields is Imperial's water department manager. I think he's turned it into a positive and brought sort of a fresh look at things. So often you do things for so long and and you do them because you've always done them. And I think he can shake things up a little from that perspective. Hamby has to strike a balance between that fresh perspective and the needs of the people he represents. One of them is John Hawk, a farmer who took Hamby under his wing. Some of the growers in the valley look at the value of the water as far as dollars and cents. But uh, many of us in the farm, farm community look at it as the value of producing crops. And I think JV looks at it that way. Perhaps Hamby's biggest job is to dig in his heels and do what he can to keep Colorado River water in California. The state has the region's largest and most untouchable allocation, and you'd probably have to go to court to change that. He looks at the letter of the law, and he says it's written, this is legal, and let's support it. And I think uh, you can't ask for much more than that. And as pressure mounts on the drought-stressed river basin's biggest users to conserve, Hemby is drawing on lessons from the past. He was a history major at Stanford, but his late nights in the library didn't end with graduation. And then the vault here has its own little combo lock and its own door that opens. It's a bank door. Hamby spends hours in this dusty room with stacks of old books and records going back more than a century. Here's a good one. Hamby is leafing through brittle, yellowed pages of old meeting notes and handouts from the Imperial Irrigation District. He says even decades ago, the issues and tensions that defined the West's struggles over water looked largely the same. Your own experience is a very painful and expensive teacher, so it's good to learn um, off of other people's uh, expense. Whether Hamby's fresh perspective will help bring much change to a space defined by old laws and even older attitudes, only time will tell. In Imperial County, California, I'm Alex Hager. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight, with a low around 50 degrees. Tuesday, there's a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms during the day and into the evening. The high is in the mid-80s with a low around 50. Wednesday, calls for mostly sunny skies with a high around 85 degrees. 
Wednesday night should be mostly clear with a low around 50. This has been the news for Monday, July 10th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Join us on Wednesday night as another spectacular sunset lights up the Wilson Range and music fills the air of the Sunset Plaza in Mountain Village. The Sunset Music series in its 23rd season is one of the region's great summer traditions. And this Wednesday, James Hunter plays the series. All the way from London, England, James Hunter brings a rhythm and blues sound to the Mountain Village. The Grammy-nominated artist has been performing for over 30 years, including being a part of Van Morrison's band. Attendance is free of charge. Dine-in and to-go meals are available for purchase from many Mountain Village restaurants. Alcoholic beverage purchased from Mountain Village restaurants can also be enjoyed in the expanded common consumption area. Shows begin at 6 p.m. on the lawn near Lift 1 in Sunset Plaza of the Mountain Village, and it's held rain or shine. Presented by TMVOA and supporting sponsors. Check the full lineup at sunsetmusicseries.com and connect with the Sunset Music Series on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you up there. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.